Oh, hi. I'm your host, Kyle Brownrigg, and welcome to Best Actress, discussing Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress Oscar wins, who we feel should have won, and why. The nominees for Best Performance by an Actress in a Supporting Role are Holly Hunter in The Firm, Anna Paquin, The Piano, Rosie Perez in Fearless, Winona Ryder in The Age of Innocence, Emma Thompson in The Name of the Father. Best performance by an actress in a supporting role. The Oscar goes to Anna Paquin, the piano. Hello and welcome to another episode of Best Actress. Uh, Today we are going to be discussing the 1994 Oscar win for Anna Paquin for Best Supporting Actress. I am joined by one of my very best friends and also a movie lover, Leah Farrow. Hello, Leah. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to do this. Oh, of course. So for anybody listening um the like all the tens of you um (laughs) leah i'm very popular leah is uh one of my very best friends from uh high school and um we lived together for many years and she lives in ottawa now and i live in toronto um but she is uh the stupidest bitch i know and i just love her and she loves uh to watch movies as much as i do so i thought that she'd make a perfect guest oh you're also such a stupid bitch (laughs) um it's our love language anybody listening that doesn't know (laughs) okay so this was a very interesting year so um just to give like a little bit of history about um, the 1994 oscars so um the lead actress and supporting actress nominees emma thompson and holly hunter were both nominated for a lead and a supporting role and that was the first time ever in history um that that ever happened i have so many opinions about this like double crown situation um it the first time it ever happened was in 1938 for uh, Faye banter for the movie uh white banners and jezebel and of course we love jezebel because of betty davis but the fact that in 1993 um you know, Emma Thompson and Holly Hunter were nominated. I mean, Emma Thompson, like, I could see it, but Holly Hunter getting a double nomination? Uh, yeah. I don't really know about that. But we'll <laughs> we'll get into this. I mean, some people, and I, I love this so much, but again, we'll, we'll kind of just, like, get into this. But some people actually refer to Holly Hunter's, um, you know, double nomination, like, her supporting nomination as thank you for being you holly hunter (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i mean i definitely have some opinions about that as well (laughs) Um, Um, yeah but i actually uh, i actually hadn't seen um a lot of these movies like okay the firm Uh, okay (laughs) that that movie was so like it's a John Grisham, you know, story. And um, he also did the Pelican Brief, which also I have a lot of opinions about, but we're not talking about that. It was, I'm sorry, like comical. The firm oh is God. like comical. Yeah, it was so funny. There were so many scenes that I was like, like, what? What is this? Why is Tom Cruise like a gymnast? <laughs> like, I think, I know. <laughs> I love how he was like, He's like, I go to Harvard, but I sh- I wear a leather jacket because I'm cool and and I don't take myself too seriously. But I graduated at the top of my class and I'm overwhelmed with authors and oh, I have the hottest girlfriend and I also know kung fu. It's like what? Like, and like everything just seemed like way too good to be true. Like he was like the top, like he was everybody's first pick, and he was being offered like, the world. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> oh my god okay well before we get into all of the nominees and i think basically we should just jump into the firm at the beginning because that movie was literally a joke i'm sorry holly hunter like we love you bitch but that movie ish. um but um so 1994 oscars was very interesting so 
uh, Tom Hanks won for Philadelphia, which was like a big deal because like it was all about the 1980s. I know, and... I love that movie. Great yeah, I like that movie too. Except for remember that weird like opera scene where he's like in his hotel or no in his uh, in his apartment and he's like the everything's all red and he's like they're like blasting like opera music and he's having this like realization that it's just like goes on for way too long or maybe I was high I don't know I thought that was weird it, yeah that was really weird but I feel like <laughs> '90s movies like that's the thing like they have scenes that go on for so long <laughs> like most of these movies did not need to be as long as they were <laughs> you know yeah no I fully agree with you because you know in 2020 everything is like instant and like at your door all like the second that you order it or like we have to you know on like your internet has to be super fast and everything has to be like instant oatmeal kind of thing yeah and when you I don't watch have, like I don't have the attention span for that like I zone yeah. out they're too long <laughs> You know, if a movie is really good, I don't give a shit if it's three and a half hours long. Like, that's totally fine. Well, like, I actually watched um, Gone with the Wind recently. It's, like, soups racist, but, like, good movie. Um, And I, you know, that's, like, that's a long movie. And I watched the whole thing, and I was actually interested from start to finish. Titanic, you know, three hours and, like, ten, three hours and fourteen minutes if you watch the uh, the extended cut. You know, I can watch that. Oh, yeah, um, that movie can do no wrong. Well, like, In the Name of the Father, that was kind of a long movie, but, like, I was so into that movie. Oh, I know. Yeah, that one was a great movie. It was, like, really interesting, like, all the way through, pretty much. But then there are movies like The Age of Innocence, which um, was just a giant nap, I feel. so boring. And I was shocked that it was a Martin Scorsese film. Like, I I actually had no idea. I was expecting, like, Joe Pesci to, like, show up and be like, who the fuck? I don't know. I know. And, like, just, like, start shooting people. (laughs) Where is the murder? To be honest with you, I think that we were all, like, hurting for that scene. Uh, (laughs) I feel like everybody, like, any, like, like movie lover listening to this is like, how gauche? How dare they say that? (laughs) Probably. Um, (laughs) So Tom Hanks won for Philadelphia in a lead role. Uh, Best picture went to Schindler's List. Um, and Tommy Lee Jones went won for The Fugitive, which I actually really hate that he won for The Fugitive. First of all, I don't really like Tommy Lee Jones, but I thought it should have gone to Ralph Fiennes for Schindler's List or for Pete uh, Postlethwaite. And I'm really sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. I know that he's dead, but Postlethwaite, I think it is. Postlethwaite. I mean, Daniel's Irish. He could tell me, but uh, Daniel is my boyfriend for anybody listening. Um, yeah, and I'm saying that I have a boyfriend to brag. And. <laughs> but um for well but anyway pete postlewaite for the in the name of the father i loved him in that movie i anyway i i don't like tommy lee jones yeah, anyway I mean, but that's a that's a different podcast <laughs> yeah i mean i haven't seen that movie that the one that you're talking about so i can't say but i love schindler's list and i think that of course like ray fines should have been for that yeah, no, totally. He actually, it's interesting, The his portrayal of a Nazi is basically what, like, all actors do now whenever they're portraying a Nazi. It's based on how um, Ralph Fiennes' interpretation of the of that character was. Well, so. they're always British, too. It's like, aren't you supposed to be German? <laughs> <laughs> it's very proper. Um, okay, well, anyway, so, um, so the, f- the five nominees... So, you know, we have Holly Hunter in The Firm, Anna Paquin in The Piano, Emma Thompson in The Name of the Father, Rosie Perez in Fearless, and Winona Ryder in The Age of Innocence. When I think of Rosie Perez, I actually only think about um, Do the Right Thing. And she has that, like, dance. um, She has that, like, dance opening. And she's, it's like the beginning of the movie. And also, she was a choreographer for In Loving, In Living Color. What? I didn't even know she was a dancer. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that was that like that was literally she was like j-lo before j-lo what i honestly thought like what i when i think about rosie perez i think about uh i don't i actually don't remember i feel like there's a movie where she was like dying <laughs> <laughs> well you sound very informed so. yeah you know what never mind ignore that <laughs> <laughs> you're like she was in this thing i think where she played somebody you're like wow could I you feel be like she's more? always like an angry woman and she's always like is she's like fighting in a lot of movies but i just i can't even remember them anymore i mean you know what you're probably describing her career <laughs> <laughs> probably um but yeah no she she uh she was great so let's just jump right in okay let's just get into the firm because yeah. this fucking movie okay i just have to say it 
the what I loved so much about this movie is basically if you watch this movie, it can be boiled down to this is what I took away from it. This is what the firm was to me was I am nuts. Nobody gets out of this firm alive. And Tom Cruise was like, I like those odds. <laughs> like that is exactly what it is. It's like, it's super <laughs> weird to me because it's all about like a crooked firm and them like killing off their lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and basically the FBI or whatever is like giving Tom Cruise like a lose-lose situation. <laughs> And what I thought was really interesting was that entire firm was like a clan rally. <laughs> like, oh my god, I know. Like where is the diversity? <laughs> the basic well actually um in the firm the first person of color that you see. Although remember when Tom Cruise is like walking down the street and he's so random because he's like, yeah, I'm a lawyer slash tough guy rebel that wears a leather jacket, but I also do backflips with young kids in the street, too, because I keep it real. <laughs> I died at that scene. Like, I actually rewound it and played it again. <laughs> like, is this guy for real right now? <laughs> I didn't understand what was happening. Like, it was like the kid was like, Tom! And he was like, Tom for a backflip! It was like, what is this demonstrating about the character that he, he joins in in kids' games? I don't it was weird. It was so weird. It was also like really late. Like that kid, like why was he out? <laughs> very dark. <laughs> that is very true. Where were his parents? I, <laughs> I I would have to agree with that. Um so um I think that also too, just talking about the diversity in this film, the first black person that you saw was either that kid that was obviously living on the street. Or the all the help, the waiters, the like cooks, the maids, they were all people of color. I know. And and like the the guy that owned that like boating company. Like that was that was all it was for people of color in that movie. <laughs> yeah, it was really troubling. You know, that is something that I would say um you know about doing this podcast because I, I like to watch a lot of movies that I maybe haven't seen before. Um I absolutely fell in love with um uh, in the name of the father, I mean, dating an Irish person, you know, and and watching that kind of movie, it's like really important and it's fucking crazy what happened. But, you know, watching these movies, it's like you get to kind of find like new little gems that you'd never seen before that you're like, oh, I actually love this. But with a firm, that was not one of those movies. <laughs> I mean, in a sense, it's like a gem because of how ridiculous it was. Like, I could probably rewatch that just to make fun of it. I would. Ag- <laughs> yes, I would agree because. um I think that the script, I think that the acting was actually really good. That I will give the movie. The acting was quite good, but the, uh, uh, just, it was all just so ridiculous and, and, and I guess like maybe glamorized for Hollywood or something. I'm not really sure what it was, but I, I thought that movie was just comical. It'd be like a good, like drinking game. Oh, I know. Or something. Yeah. For what was sure. the name? What, what was the part where he was like, my name is Julio Iglesias, and I just thought about that scene from Bridesmaids where she's like, from Bridesmaids, where she's like, I am, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in <laughs> I know, I actually thought about that too, because I was like, oh my God, this is, this is perfect. <laughs> but um, also, like, where the hell was Holly Hunter in like the first half of that movie? <laughs> first of all, okay, the fact that she got a nomination for this, I really felt like they were just trying to make history at the Oscars. Um, yeah. Because, listen, don't get me wrong. She played the part very well. It's Holly Hunter. Like, obviously, she's going to play it very, very well. Um, but uh, I would certainly say that she had presence. And anytime that she was in a scene, like, I really, you know, like, focused on her. But I really didn't find that her role asked that much of her as an actor, I guess, is how I would describe it. Yeah. I feel like they, I feel like they were rewarding her with a nomination because she was demonstrating her range because of the type of role that she played in the piano because her role was a little bit comedic in a sense. Yeah, for sure. Like, I honestly didn't think that there was, like, much emotional range in this role. The only thing I will give her in this movie, though, is that scene in the cafe when she's talking to Tom Cruise about, like, what she saw when, like, Gary Busey was murdered. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, to me, was actually, like, 
really good like you could tell that she's obviously a very good actress so like it actually made me anxious when she's like talking and like stressed about it yes um but like otherwise like it was just kind of like a basic role (laughs) well I agree, and um, I think that she probably, I mean, for the love of God, I think she earned that Oscar nomination for having to pretend to go down on Gary Busey. Oh, God, I know. Ew. I mean, I'm sorry, Gary Busey, but, like, (laughs) Sorry, Gary Busey, but, like, no thanks. (laughs) (laughs) I was also, like, surprised to see Gary Busey. I had no idea he was in this movie, and then he just, like, showed up, and I was like, oh, my God, what is happening? I know, because the thing is that for our generation, it's like Gary Busey. It's like we know him like post accident. Yeah. <laughs> so we only know him as like the fucking lunatic from like The Apprentice. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that's like mostly how I think of him is when he was nuts on The Apprentice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he he was he is a great actor. But yeah, poor guy. Like I, he, I what was it? He had a motorcycle accident. And he like I fucked up so. his head or something. Yeah, I think he like, you know, cracked his skull and had like brain damage from it. Oh I mean, God, I'm not that's... 100% sure, so, like, don't, like, quote me on that. <laughs> that's really sad. Um, I'm sorry, Gary Busey, but, like, yeah, I wouldn't go down on you. Um, <laughs> but just talking about, like, I loved, I was kind of obsessed with, like, Holly Hunter's, like, extensive wig collection. <laughs> right? <laughs> that was pretty impressive. It was, like, blonde, and then it was, like, red, and then it was, like, curly, and then it was, like, teased, and I was, like, okay, and her, like, fucking press-on nails. <laughs> <laughs> She was so ahead of her time. <laughs> <laughs> and like her sweet, like brown suede dress. Oh my God. That I, I like want to be her for Halloween. <laughs> oh my God. That'd be really Halloween funny. Imagine someone her. got it. I feel like if you were in the gay village in Toronto, somebody would get it. They'd be like, are you Holly Hunter in the 1993 film, The Firm? <laughs> <laughs> I would die. <laughs> um, I... I will say, though, about The Firm, as much as, like, we're laughing at it and, like, saying how comical it was, um, it kept my attention. Yeah, no, for sure. I I found, like, like, the story somewhat interesting, but the movie itself was just, like, so all over the place. (laughs) It was all over the place. Also, can we talk about, I don't know if you, I don't know if you picked this up, I don't know if you noticed this, but there was one scene where Holly Hunter's character had this cigarette that kept getting longer. <laughs> I didn't, but I did notice that she would smoke like these extreme king size cigarettes that were ridiculous. <laughs> no, like, it kept getting bigger and bigger, and it just kept making me think of like scary movie when he's wearing that like hat that like in every scene, like the police cap gets getting bigger and bigger, and then she can't get in the car. <laughs> I do remember that. <laughs> um, to be perfectly honest with you, like, again, like, I love Holly Hunter so much. I loved her in Broadcast News. I loved her in The Piano. She fucking deserved that win. I don't really, like, remember her from this movie that much other than, like, her hair and makeup. I, I don't no. think of the firm and think, oh, Holly Hunter. No, me neither. And that's why it like blows my mind a bit that she, you know, was even kind of nominated for supporting actress. And obviously, I do think it's like a political thing, maybe that is because she was also nominated for best actress. But I mean, it's night and day, her role in the piano and her role in the firm. (laughs) But that's why I'm saying it's like they're rewarding her for her range. And I think that that does have its own merit. Um, But I don't know, like she she kind of was like a fun little bit of a um a, a fun sort of character in sort of like a dark sort of you know paranoid storyline i guess yeah um but mm, i don't know i mean like listen i love you holly hunter but i'm gonna be i'm just gonna say it. i really feel like they had emma thompson you know the lead and supporting and Holly Hunter, lead and supporting. I really feel like they were just trying to make history. I actually had no idea that Emma Thompson was also nominated for lead. What movie? Uh, she was nominated for The Remains of the Day. Oh. Yeah. And she had actually won the Oscar of the year before for Howard's End, um, which if you've never seen Howard's End before, it is a two and a half hour movie where an old lady dies and she won't stop talking about Howard's End. <laughs> it is a beautiful lovely place called how have you been to Howard? and that's basically the entire movie um amazing 
Yeah, I was talking to some of like my movie critic fans and uh, friends, fans, <laughs> friends, and um, and uh, they are like, that's one of my favorite movies. I love it so much. To be honest with you, I think that that is a movie um, that you had to have watched at like a certain, there's like a window to watch that movie, like a certain, like you had to watch it at a certain age. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because you watch it now and you're like, I don't, this is not my kind of not my kind of film. It's it's very hard to engage with in, in 2020. But anyway, um, so Holly Hunter, great work. You were hilarious. Um, I think that you got that Oscar nomination for pretending to go down on Gary Busey, because who would? And uh, unless you have anything else to say about the lovely and talented Holly Hunter, I think we can move on. Yeah, no, we can definitely move on. Okay. So the next nominated performance is Emma Thompson in The Name of the Father. I loved this movie. I have never seen it before. I love Daniel Day-Lewis, um, even though he was in The Age of Innocence. <laughs> I absolutely love, love, love In the Name of the Father. Um, what did you think? I, yeah, I thought I thought it was so good. And honestly, yes, Daniel Day-Lewis, just like going back to him, um, I was surprised to see that he was in both Age of Innocence and In the Name of the Father. <laughs> yeah that's interesting what when the movie started um when the movie started i just was like looking around like belfast northern ireland i'm like was this just like an open casting call for like skinny white people (laughs) oh my god i know and like everybody like first of all like how how big of a budget do you think they had for greasy wigs (laughs) yeah it was it was pretty pretty gross the amount of like greasy hair there was i feel like the 1970s was just a greasy bang yeah but i also like wasn't quite sure about like i don't know irish history so i was a bit confused about what was going on in the early 70s in belfast (laughs) right so i actually i had i had a uh um a little historian next to me because he's from Ireland. I mean, he's from Ireland, not Northern Ireland, but basically it was Ireland um, revolting against British control um, and they wanted to separate. Okay. And uh, obviously it's a lot more complicated than that, but um, let's just, there were a lot of terrorists. There was a terrorist group called the IRA um, and they were mostly responsible for a lot of bombings and deaths of a lot of innocent people. And um, anyway, now Northern Ireland is still remains part of the UK. And then Ireland is like its own independent country. Okay. Um, Northern Ireland, though, whenever I was in Northern Ireland in um, September 2019, I noticed that their accents are very different from like a, you know, like a Dublin accent or like a Cork accent. Yeah. I think I I think I knew that, but I don't, I wouldn't be able to know what the accent is. <laughs> oh, it's it's so uh, it's. Did you watch Drag Race um, UK? No. Oh, there was there was a, a drag queen from Northern Ireland, and and that's like a perfect example of uh, the. I can do a really good Irish accent, but like I can't do. I'd have to I'd have to hear um, a Northern Ireland Irish accent in order to imitate it. But when we were there in Northern Ireland, they have like tours that you can go and see, like where it's called like the black cab tour. And like, you can see like where all of the, you know, the terrorist attacks happened and like where the protests were. And like um, that uh, Daniel was actually telling me that um, uh, was actually quite accurate and what it looked like. Wow. That's, that's interesting. Like that would have been like so cool if you had like watched the movie before. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, um, Emma Thompson's nomination for this movie. Yeah, she wasn't really in the movie for that long, but she had such presence. Yeah, and, she made an impact. Like once yeah, she I, finally spoke. <laughs> yeah, no, it how long did it take? Like an hour and a half for her to like say words? Do- yeah, something like that. Cause I like you see her at the very beginning. So I was like, oh wow, like they just jump right into Emma Thompson and then she like doesn't speak until yeah. now, like halfway into the movie at least. Yeah, she was like in her car or something. Yeah. I will say though, um, I think my favorite part was when, you know, it's that like court scene at the end and she's like so angry that like the British government like misused their power and basically just lied. I know. And she's like so passionate and like angry and like proving them wrong and like 
it was so satisfying to watch. That scene was like amazing. When she freaking, she showed that picture of Charles Burke and it said like, you know, don't show this to the defense. Like it gave me chills. I cried. <laughs> I literally cried. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was really good. Like the scene whenever she starts like crying for his father because like she knows that he's innocent. I also cried at that too. Yeah, I know. That made me really sad though because like, you know, he like died in prison and then like never got to see you know, the light of day. And it was just like, it was really sad. Cause he was like, obviously very, like he was super innocent. He had nothing to do with anything. Like it was ridiculous. No, I know that, that just watching that whole thing, just knowing that like it is, uh, I don't know how much of it is accurate, but it, it is based on true events. And, um, you know, the mistreatment of the Irish people by the British government and British control. And you just kind of like watch it and like, fucking hate british people <laughs> i know it's like no wonder the irish hate the british <laughs> oh yeah and they they really do they still really really do yeah but like it did seem like by the end of the movie when like you know at the end of the movie and they showed kind of what happened after like what everyone did in their lives after like it just made it seem like this was 100 percent true i mean i don't know obviously like minimal things were different like they kind of made prison look fun <laughs> <laughs> they had like that a was- room like a pool table they were like getting high <laughs> oh my god with that like rasta character <laughs> yeah that was so stupid again i don't know if that's true but it's like <laughs> it's just a sea of like pasty oatmeal white faces and then oh the one black character also is like the guy who hooks everybody up with drugs and like he I- has like a it's like he has like a Jamaican flag and like Bob Marley and I'm like really like, come on it was crazy but I was also like are they really allowed to just listen to music so like willy nilly in their like cells like that like it was just shocking to me <laughs> it honestly it it just seemed like what we're like it seemed like the lockdown that we're in right now I know <laughs> it was like it was like COVID-19. It was fun <laughs> yeah I was like this seems like a really fun sleepover <laughs> Yeah, and like, at, well, like eventually, like, it seemed like everyone was just getting along, and you're like, hmm, that doesn't seem accurate, but okay. But you know, again, and and it's not actually as extreme as Holly Hunter because Holly Hunter's nomination, I really feel like they were trying to make history and also just rewarding her for her range. But um, I think that Emma Thompson again had a very integral but small part in this movie. I agree. Although I do think that um, she did like an incredible job that I'm not so surprised that she got nominated. Whereas like Holly Hunter, like to me, it's just it's weird that she got (laughs) nominated. I know I I fully agree with you. It's just oh my God. Like I feel like I would just give Emma Thompson the Oscar just for that one court scene where she's like fighting for him and she knows that she's right and she has all of the evidence and you're it's so like i'm getting goosebumps talking about it like it's so satisfying to watch yeah like i honestly i feel like that court scene like is what sealed it for her being nominated for supporting actress like without that court scene like for sure it would be weird to me for her to be nominated (laughs) i think i think so too i um because you're yeah like up until that scene yeah, like, I mean, again, there was that one scene like, where she was crying for his father, and, and there was that, but I mean, like, you can't just nominate somebody for crying, you know what no. I mean? yeah. Um, but yeah, just, yeah, that, cor- just the passion behind it, um, it, yeah, it was so, 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 so well done, and um, I'm really happy that she got that nomination. Um, if you have anything else to add, we can move on to our next nominee. Uh, yeah, no, let's move on. Okay, so let's talk about some Winona, some Winona Ryder in the Age of Innocence. Winona. Um, (laughs) So anybody that knows me knows that I love me some Winona. Um, I have probably seen Girl Interrupted more times than I care to say. I even obviously like Beetlejuice and Edward Scissorhands and Heathers and like all of these amazing movies. Um, I understand that this role for Winona being in a Martin Scorsese film acting with Daniel Day-Lewis, she was the odds to win on this Academy Award. She had won the Golden Globe and everyone was kind of expecting her 
um, or Rosie Perez to win the Academy Award. She never went on the record for this, but she was visibly surprised when Anna Paquin won. And um, allegedly, Daniel Day Lewis, you can kind of see it in the tele, the the like the teleprompter, like whenever they're like filming her. Like if you watch the Anna Paquin win, um, Daniel Day Lewis like kind of like looks over. And he's like, mm. and I think that even he was surprised that wow. Winona Ryder didn't win. Really? See, that's interesting. And I kind of really want to watch. I want to see that because personally, I don't think that Winona's like role in this movie was like the greatest. Like, it. De- I don't think it deserved a win. I don't know. <laughs> well, she, you know, she she won the Golden Globe. And I think that at this point in history, you have to remember Winona was like the it girl yeah. in Hollywood. Yeah, I know. She was like huge. It's crazy how far she's fallen. No offense to Winona. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, after that um, klepto situation, like 2002, 2003, yeah. she kind of just like disappeared. And I think now she's like living in like somewhere in like Minnesota. But I think that she purposely took a step back from Hollywood. And I think she was just like, I don't I don't want to do this anymore. I mean, it's too bad a bit because she's obviously like an amazing actress and like in Stranger Things now, like she's so good at it, but um, yes. that's all she's really done. Like she doesn't, she doesn't do much anymore. Winona Ryder, I mean, I will say this um, because she often played those characters in Tim Burton movies so well. And this really was a very different kind of role for her and I think that she played it exactly how Martin Scorsese wanted her to play it I think that she really held her own with Daniel Day-Lewis and I think that that really speaks volumes because he is like probably one of the greatest actors alive yeah um I and sorry but the thing the thing that I will say though about this is when anytime that I see this I just think about fucking family guy where they're like Winona Ryder in the Age of Innocence, and she's like, that would be most good, Newland. Most good. And I just can't get that out of my head when I watch it because it's so true. Her, uh, like, it's like, I'm very aware that I'm watching Winona Ryder try to be, like, high society and, like... (laughs) 100%. I definitely see that. I do see when, like, it's, it's, you're clear you're watching Winona, um, but I mean, again, I do think that she played the role really well. And I, I found her to play like, you know, a really like innocent kind of naive girl. And I'm assuming like that's what she was meant to play. Whereas like Michelle Pfeiffer is supposed to be, you know, like the the like, I guess, sexy cousin that like everyone is judging. <laughs> so I mean, she... I think that she did it well. Yeah, I okay. Talking about like Pfeiffer for a second, she like was kind of bringing in some Selena Kyle from like Batman Returns, Catwoman oh, vibes into that role. Yeah, the thing about um, like that role was just like I wasn't. It was very confusing to me because I had a hard time figuring out whether I'm supposed to hate or like her. <laughs> And it was like one of those things where it was like, I can't tell if she's like morally wrong or she's trying to like fight her, like it's like what she wants. And it was just like very confusing, like whether she cared about her cousin or not. Like I was having such a hard time figuring her out a bit. (laughs) I mean, you know, fair. Um, I will go back to this comment that you did say about... um, Winona being like naive I think this is more to the writing because um this was actually the first novel The Age of Innocence to ever win the um the Pulit- the either the Pulitzer or the Nobel Peace Prize by a woman in history and um so it's it's a, it's you know it's a very relevant um historic book and uh, apparently like Winona Ryder did like a book report on it in like the 8th grade and it's like oh, okay cool um but uh, her character was not supposed to be like naive. Her character was supposed to, I guess, kind of come off that way. But like deep down, like she knew the whole time. Yeah. Well, I mean, at one point she does ask like, you know, is there someone else? And then I was like, oh, okay. Well, at least she's kind of like realizing it, but she's still like, you know, would let things go. And she would always like let him kind of do whatever he wanted. And she wouldn't like, you know, create waves in any way. So. 
but then at the end, whenever um, the son is like, mother told me that she asked you to give up the thing that you love the most um, and you did it for her. And then he's like, she never asked me. She just knew. And like, okay, first of all, I have, I have such a hard time with these kinds of, I mean, I understand that it was a different time, but I have such a hard time. It should be called like the age of regression. Like, it's everyone or like the age of repression. Like, it's just like you watch this and you're literally like, okay, so the man has to give up the one thing that he wants in his one life that he gets because like of society's standards. And like, I, again, like as a viewer have a really hard time, like having sympathy for that kind of moment. I'm like, well, that was your choice. Like you chose to make your life like that. Like, I don't have any sympathy for you. Also, he never listened to Winona Ryder's character at all. Like she would literally be like, Oh, like, I just think that, um, you know, uh, getting married and is there somebody else? And I don't really know. And then he'd be like, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, let's get married. I know. He was so, he was so all over the place. It drove me insane. Like he would go to Michelle Pfeiffer and be like, let's run away together. I want to be with you. And then like go back to Winona and be like, let's get married immediately. And you're like, what do you want? You are so confusing. And also this movie went nowhere. And I was very annoyed by it. The ending when, like, he finally has the opportunity to go up and see her after all this time, and then he chooses to just be like, no, I I shunt and just fucks off. It was the most... I I hated this movie. I'm sorry. I hated this movie. Yeah, I know. I was so freaking frustrated the entire movie because I couldn't figure out where he was going. And then there's that one scene where he talks about, like, how everything would be better if only, like, Winona died. And then I was like, oh, my God, this is taking a turn. He's going to murder her. This is going to get, like, really interesting. Or he's going to attempt to murder her, whatever. Because I had no idea what this movie was about when I started watching it. And um, nothing happened. They got married, had, like, three or four kids. I don't even know how many kids. And then she dies. (laughs) (laughs) Like, when, you know, they're in their 50s or 60s. And then he just, like, fucks off. And you're like, what was the point of this? I know people people love this movie and I'm like I'm sorry I guess I'm not sophisticated enough I just don't agree with you I didn't like this movie also to Winona Ryder's character yes she was supporting him she knew what he was doing she was there for him through the entire time objectively she was that supporting character she played it extremely well um her nomination I actually get her nomination and I I like good for you Winona everybody I I Everybody knows that I love me some Winona. But the thing is, is just for the character's sake, um, because you feel like really bad for her because like Winona is also like a really amazing person as well in this movie. And she's also like really hot. Like it's fucking Winona Ryder. But she's like suspicious of her husband. And potentially it could be with, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer. And it's like, obviously she's obviously he's fucking Michelle Pfeiffer. I mean, not actually they had like a kiss, but like, obviously like they're having an affair. He's having an affair with Michelle Pfeiffer. Like it's Michelle Pfeiffer. I'm having an affair with Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> like she's gorgeous. Like, obviously I would choose Winona over Michelle any day. <laughs> really? Yeah. 100%. I found Winona to be like so much more beautiful than Michelle Pfeiffer. But um, I just like I don't know this movie. I don't, and did did Winona even know? I'm not even using their character names because I honestly I keep forgetting them. But did she <laughs> even know that that he was in love with Michelle Pfeiffer the whole time? I don't know if it was like explicitly said, but like yes, she knew that he was having some kind of an emotional affair. But I don't think with that she her? knew to like what a, with Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. Okay, that I wasn't sure about because I was like, she doesn't, she still talks about how, you know, she like loves her cousin, except for like that one scene. But like, otherwise, she's always like, oh, she's like so nice. And she and I'm like, why are you still saying that when your husband's in love with her? So I was like, maybe he doesn't know. Like, it was very hard to tell. Well, because she was supporting him because she's a supporting character. I guess, um, yeah. I don't know. I actually, I just really liked Michelle Pfeiffer, or Pfeiffer's character the most, to be honest with you. Oh, um, I liked her character, too. Like, I thought her character was so good. I mean, if I had to choose, though, between Michelle Pfeiffer or Winona Ryder, I would choose Winona Ryder. <laughs> that's interesting. Hmm. Um, 
Okay. Well, uh, let us move on to the uh, next nominee, uh, Rosie Perez in Fearless. Now, I have never seen this movie before. I've never even heard about this movie, but I did know that Rosie Perez had been nominated for an Oscar for acting. She talked about it on The View, and I was like, I was like, Oh, and I looked it up and I never actually watched it. So I was actually very curious and excited to watch this movie. It was really intense. Um, when I was watching this movie, I was like really hungover and I was feeling kind of anxious. And the whole thing about like plane crash and tragedy and like what is life and death and like these existential moments and like going toward the light and heaven and earth. I it was a little I I had a lot of anxiety watching this movie. See, that's interesting because I I know you had mentioned that you thought it was a really intense movie. Um, And so I went in watching this movie thinking, wow, it's going to be so intense. (laughs) And I didn't find it like that stressful or like anxiety driven. Like I found I found it was actually pretty good. Like it was it was an interesting movie. Um, Like plane crashes like calm you. Yeah, duh. Like, you don't think you're so. like, I mean, oh. it clearly worked for Jeff Bridges. <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah, he was like soups chill. <laughs> he was so chill. He was like, yeah, no, that's cool. The plane's going down. No bigs. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, does anybody have? He's like, can I get a drink over here, please? <laughs> yeah, like it was so it was it was an interesting movie, though. I found it was it was really good. Um, I thought that Jeff Bridges was kind of a piece of shit. <laughs> the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, like, kind of. Uh, but what I thought was really funny is, like, so the opening scene when you see Rosie Perez being dragged out of the plane, like, screaming and crying. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, because that's basically just, like, what I look like leaving a bar. <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, what is going on? Like, I was very confused at the beginning. <laughs> But, like, I'm just saying that, like, I connected to her character. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I can see that. I feel like I've seen you leave the bar like that before. What's interesting about this movie is that the director, Peter Wire, actually claimed that making this movie cured him of his fear of flying. What? Making yeah. this movie did? Well, because I, allegedly, he, like, yeah. he, he thought that Jeff Bridges, like, how he, what he went through was, like, the same thing. <laughs> Do you know, okay, whenever the plane was, like, going down, though, do you remember the scene whenever, like, um, Jeff Bridges' business partner, like, calls his wife and doesn't leave a voicemail? I know! I was so mad! I was like, is this guy for real? Like, he's going down and probably gonna die. Apparently he got decapitated, which is fucked. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> but, like, he didn't leave a message. And I was like, seriously, you don't want to, like, give any last words to your wife? <laughs> like, that's really messed up. Now she's going to, like, live forever knowing she missed a call from you when you were going to die. <laughs> it's either one of two things he either was literally like you know what fuck this bitch she didn't answer her goddamn phone she never answers the phone when i need her so you know what i'm gonna fucking just like ruin her or or he literally was like uh why bother like maybe i mean jeff bridges didn't even want to call his wife so oh that's true oh my god um I love, do you remember the scene like where they're walking around in the shopping mall and then like Rosie Perez like breaks team and she's like, hang on a second. I'm just going to go sniff this baby. Oh my God. I was like, is this seriously happening? And how is this woman not seeing her like (laughs) sniffing her baby? (laughs) It's because it was supposed to be driving that metaphor where it's like they are supposed to, it's about like PTSD and like, you know, they're they're, like dad or whatever. Yeah, it's it's supposed to be a metaphor for being between like life and death, and like when you have PTSD, it's like you're not living anymore. But like she got in some good whiffs of that baby. It was so weird, and then she was like touching the baby, and she was like seriously so close to them that I'm like, how is this woman not noticing this at all? <laughs> I know it. It made me nervous. Also, I really was just thinking about Moira Rose from fucking um, Shit's Creek, talking about like a Sunrise Bay plot, and she was like, I killed my own baby. <laughs> like pretty much i was actually heartbroken knowing that her baby died because that baby was so cute (laughs) i know um just well also because it was a baby but just (laughs) you know 
her acting in this movie was like flawless. And I think that what hurt her chances of winning the Oscar um, that I had read was that nobody like saw this movie. So it was like, she got nominated and then everybody was like, great. But like, what? (laughs) I definitely have never heard of this movie. Well, to to be honest, I'd never heard of any of these movies that I watched <laughs> before ever. And I was like, okay, well, like, let me just like test these out. Cause none of them, I didn't know what any of them were about. <laughs> so I just like went and blind. <laughs> they were great. <laughs> yeah, I, I really liked some of them. And then some of them I was just I was just maybe it, it was a bit of a slog to get through. Yeah. But um, you know, her performance in this movie playing a person with PTSD her journey of going through it her like the the initial shock the learning to accept it the denial like every single scene that she was in like she fucking knocked it out of the park i believed her i was like suffering with her and you have to remember like this is all fake like she's just acting like this is all she's just making this up I know I was thinking about this the whole time and I thought like for sure she deserved this nomination because she did a great job like the emotion in this movie like the intensity is so high that like I feel like it would just like depress you even acting that role like it was just like so much going on anyway Mm -hmm. I I found she did like an amazing job I just yeah, like I really don't have anything to say to her performance because it was just so good. But I will say the part that fucking killed me was when Jeff Bridges was like, let me demonstrate my point by driving into a brick wall at 120 miles an hour. I was like, is he serious? Like, is he actually just killing them off? Like, he's fully offing them. And I actually thought that they were just going to die and that was the end of the movie. I was like, this is fucked. I know. Oh, you know what they also could have done instead of driving into a brick wall at 120 miles an hour? They could have just asked a scientist. I know. It was any so physicist, any scientist, just be like, you know what? Let me demonstrate my point by trying to murder us all in a head-on collision. And like, especially like a really heavy metal toolbox <laughs> that she had to hold as her baby. I was like, that's just asking for like death. <laughs> like that would have like crushed his skull. Like that could have easily just like gone right through him. Oh, 100%. That, that, I'm sorry. Like, I like that. I really, it, it's a heavy movie, but when he drove into the wall, like, I literally was like watching the like scene where he was like gunning it. And I thought, like, oh my God, that'd be so funny if they just like crashed. And then he just, <laughs> so I, I, like, thought, oh, okay. I thought for some reason he was going to like drive off a bridge into the ocean. <laughs> I didn't expect a brick wall, but I knew that he was doing something really fucked up. And I actually thought he was trying to kill them both because he's like, oh, this is no way to live. I don't know. It was super weird. Yeah, I don't I don't know about that. That. Yeah. Um, Like that scene, though, like when he's on the roof and he's right on the ledge. I was like, that was stressing me out so much. Like It was giving me heart palpitations. I know. I know. But Rosie Perez, like this was her first and only Oscar nomination. And to be honest with you, I think that's actually kind of sad. Um, yeah she did amazing though no she was amazing in this movie and she fucking she fucking killed it um okay so let us talk about our fifth and final nominee aka the winner anna paquin in the piano so this win was very interesting so um first of all anna paquin was 11 years old when she won the oscar but she was nine when she filmed the movie I also always forget that she had a New Zealand accent. (laughs) Um, Also, she was born in Winnipeg. Oh, shit. I didn't know she was Canadian. Yeah, she was born in Winnipeg. She was probably embarrassed. So she like forced like New Zealand accent to cover it up. I don't know. (laughs) In real life, have a New Zealand accent? Uh. Yeah, well, not anymore. It's fully gone. You can hear it in, like, some of her words, but, yeah, she doesn't have a New Zealand accent anymore. Um, but oh. See, now I'm less just, impressed. Because I was like, wow, her accent is so good in this movie. <laughs> well, yeah, but she was playing Scottish in the in Oh, the yeah, movie. you're right, actually. It wasn't New Zealand. I kept thinking it was New Zealand because the piano said New Zealand. <laughs> well, 
what's interesting, like again, like she was nine when she filmed this movie, and I think that that's just being nine and doing something like that. Like when I was nine years old, I thought I was a fucking vampire slayer, and I was trying to make my boy Transformers make out. When I was nine years old, I found out that Santa wasn't real, and it really hurt my feelings. <laughs> Meanwhile, when she was nine, she was winning Oscars. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so interesting. So okay, um, uh, Anna Paquin, she's the second youngest winner uh of winning an academy award and the youngest winner is tatum o'neill for paper moon <laughs> yeah and whenever she's asked anna paquin um she was asked in uh i think it was either 2008 2009 um she said quote uh they were asking her about her academy award win she goes my oscar that was a combination of holly hunter being an amazing actress jane being an extraordinary director and me being in the right place at the right time i had no idea what i was doing um it's giving me this amazing life but it's not the highlight of my career which would make kind of sense because winning an oscar at 11 you can only go down do you know what i mean like and she has had an amazing when i think anna paquin i just think true blood I know, me too. That's all I think. So, like, I was actually quite surprised and quite impressed by her acting in this movie <laughs> because I didn't expect it from Anna Paquin. <laughs> She's a very good actor. Or, and um, what was it not another teen movie? I think she was also in. <laughs> oh, yeah, but she was also in, like, X-Men and she was in, um, was it Never Been Kissed? Oh, maybe no, that's was... what I'm thinking of. Maybe it's Never No, was she also, was it she... I think it's She's All That. Okay, then it was She's All That and not Not Another Teen Movie. <laughs> I, I think she I was a, mixed up a little bit. Well, she she had a really interesting sort of career. Like, she went from winning an Oscar to just sort of doing, like, a bunch of B-movies. But then she kind of clawed her way back up to the top. What's a really interesting fact about the movie The Piano, um, that this was actually the last movie that Kurt Cobain ever saw uh, the day before his suicide. So, like, maybe the movie kill, made him kill himself. I don't know. What? I didn't know that. That's such a weird fact. <laughs> I know. Um, but I'd never seen the piano before. I'd, I'd heard about it. I, the only thing that I knew about it was just that um, I knew that she gets her finger cut off. That's the one thing that I knew about the movie. I didn't even know that. And I was so shocked. And also, at first, I thought that he was cutting off her whole hand or several fingers. Because of the way he like went down on that. I was like, oh my god, what is he doing? <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought it was like her whole hand. Yeah. Um, but just talking about Anna Paquin in the piano, um, she is playing that sort of typical supporting character. I mean, she's a friggin' interpreter for Christ's sake. Um, it's just, I found it extremely impressive. She's a child and she was doing a Scottish accent. It was a little here and there. I'm not going to lie. Um, it, like you could hear some of her Kiwi and then you could hear the Scottish again. But again, she's nine. Like, it, I was really impressed with her. Yeah, no, I was actually, I, yeah, I was super impressed because I didn't, I wasn't sure going into this if I was like, did she deserve this? Like, I, I don't know. I was, I wasn't sure because from what I know about Anna Paquin, I know like True Blood and stuff. And like, that's not like, you know, huge range or anything. Um, well, actually, sometimes it is. But uh, <laughs> I found the movie itself, though, like, it was a bit, boring <laughs> until like again halfway through then it kind of got interesting um see that's interesting i i literally from start to finish i was obsessed with this movie and the director um jane campion was the second female director to ever be nominated for best director but the first to be nominated for directing a movie that was also nominated for best picture oh that's interesting so it was a very female driven um movie and you can tell like it's from a woman's perspective. It's like, she's a misunderstood talent and um, Holly Hunter in the movie was amazing. I loved her in this. And I just thought that Anna Paquin, um, the scene where the finger gets cut off and then she like, is like crying about it to that like love interest that she ends up with. I thought it was so heartbreaking. Cause she know she knew that she was kind of responsible for that. Yeah. Um, and this movie was actually Anna Paquin's technically her first role, official role, like ever. 
I don't know. I I was really impressed with her. Oh yeah, one hundred. I thought she did an amazing job. I just found the movie itself like it's definitely not on the top of my list, and I don't think I would rewatch it. But I found she did such a good job, and like the again the scene with um you know her mom getting a finger cut off, like she, it was heartbreaking. But I also was like, well, I mean, it was her fault. <laughs> and I didn't I weirdly like didn't feel that bad because I was like annoyed by the fact that she went and ran to um like Holly Hunter's like husband being like you know she's cheating on you basically and I'm like bitch like where does your loyalty lie it should be with your mom (laughs) listen to what she says I know she was kind of a dumb bitch but like First of all, this movie was, like, really rapey. I understand that it was, like, a different time. But, like, what was with that weird, like, bum-touching scene? I know. I was, like, really weirded out watching that because I was, like, what is she trying to do? She's clearly repulsed by this man and yet, like, is, like, rubbing his butt. (laughs) I know. It was, like, she was, like, scooping his taint. Like, it was a weird scene. (laughs) I know. Like, I honestly thought she was, like, gonna get right up in there. It was so weird. But whenever he like chops off her finger and then she sudden then like suddenly he's like, oh my God, like, is this like a good time for sex now? Like I was like, hey, get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Like th- also those were really problematic piano lessons. <laughs> I know. I honestly at first thought that like um that guy was gonna be like really rapey and like rape her because like at one point, like, you know, he gets like under the piano and starts like looking up her skirt. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he's what? Like, he's like, come and lie with me for 10 keys. I, I was like, okay, it take was, off yet. It was Show me a tits. Of it, like, like Stockholm syndrome <laughs> Oh, 100%. And like, I feel like maybe that was the director trying to illustrate like women's roles in society at that time. I don't, Oh, and in 2009, um, Anna Paquin actually told David Letterman that, that in 2009 that she had just seen the film for the first time. Oh, no way. Yeah, because she wasn't allowed to watch it when she was a kid for obvious reasons. Oh, you, you know what? That makes sense. <laughs> Although 2009, that's a long time. Like, that's, she was quite a bit older. <laughs> Wouldn't that be, like, infuriating, though, to, like, know that you won an Oscar and you weren't allowed to find out why? I know. That, that to me, is super. But is that the same, like, with Linda Blair? Like, she wasn't allowed to watch The Exorcist, I don't think. No, it was that they wouldn't let her, they wouldn't let her see her face. Oh, did she watch the movie? Because that's like kind of a fucked movie to watch as a child. <laughs> oh no, hundred um, percent. But no, Anna Paquin. I for a nine year old with that accent and the scenes that really required her to be emotional and to cry and to really support her leading character. Like she, I, I thought it was flawless i thought it was except for the only thing that i will say to her performance even though it was absolutely amazing was just that her accent was a little in and out for me but again she's a child yeah i also didn't even notice that i thought i thought she did like honestly an incredible job so i mean for sure she definitely deserved at least a nomination all right well i think that the time has arrived for us to reveal who we think should have won the Academy Award in 1994 for Best Supporting Actress. So, Leah, yes. if you would, please. Okay, I think the Oscar should have gone to... Rosie Perez. I I think that she did, a, like, honestly, an incredible job. Like, that was a high-stress movie, and her her acting throughout, like the entire time, was incredible. And and she was like the emotions were so high. And she did like I thought she did an amazing job. I will say though, I was super torn between her and Anna Paquin because I do think that Anna Paquin did so good. And I'm I'm like I'm not mad at the fact that she won because I think that she also probably deserved that. But I do think that Rosie Perez did an exceptional job. I love that. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and reveal my win and then we can just sort of discuss. So I think that the Oscar should have gone to Rosie Perez. It kind of was like a Fritz Bernays in my opinion. Like there's just no question. Like 
when I was watching this movie the entire time, I was like, holy shit, like, this is what acting is. Like, I was hooked to her storyline from start to finish. I feel like she um, really represented a person going through PTSD in such a perfect way. Every single scene was flawless. But I am going to agree with you that Anna Paquin was also amazing. So I'm not really mad that she won. Yeah, I if agree. It, it's like it's like she won, and I'm kind of like, yeah, I could see that. I, it's not one of those like what the fuck moments. No. It, I I I'm glad that she has an Academy Award to her name because I think Anna Paquin is a great actress and she's had an amazing career. But in my opinion of those five nominees, I personally would have selected Rosie Perez just because I thought that it was just so real and raw and amazingly done. And I wouldn't have changed a thing. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Like I think that, and, and going into this, I thought that there was a lot of controversy with Anna Paquin winning and maybe it was just because she was so young. I, I, in my head was thinking, oh, it was because maybe she didn't deserve it. But no, I think she did deserve it. Although I do think that maybe Rosie should have won over her. I, again, think that her winning makes sense. Yeah, no, 100%. Okay. Well, um, Leah, thank you so much for being um, a guest on my show. Thank you for having me. Of course. And um, just let you guys know, we have a new episode out every two weeks. It'll always be like best actress, then best supporting actress then best actress then so on and so forth and um check us out on uh itunes spotify google play wherever you listen to podcasts and be sure to leave us a review and let us know what you think uh well thank you guys so much and we'll see you guys next time <laughs>